0: Hello and welcome to a bonus edition of the podcast, in which I lament the continued closure of our rooms for culture and for art, and I revisit the Crawford Gallery in Cork, the building that taught me much of what it is that I think that buildings do all day. It's Sunday, but the galleries are closed again. As the year began, we turned down the lights, we shut the doors and locked the gates to our rooms for art. Such civic buildings are intended to host, and I imagine they and the works that reside within them – the paintings, drawings, sculptures, films – must be by now quite lonely. Like many, these days unable to visit, I sit at home drawing upon memories. Growing up outside Cork but schooling in the city, at each day's end I would walk from school to station to get home. I took time, about half an hour, to stop at the Red brick Crawford Gallery in Emmet Place. They spell the name a little differently to mine for sure, but it was close enough to call it home. Built in 1724, it was once the city's custom house. In 1830, the building was given to the Royal Cork Institution to become, as was reported then, a building for diffusing knowledge. On entering the building back then, to the right was a white shop and office, with a white carved glass and timbers green between you and a collection of odd, confusing books, and a smiling friendly man, that when I later met as an adult, kindly said that he remembered me in my visits, my back way down with books and boyhood. Some days left and some days right, I took the stairs and left each creaking brown tread in turn, lustrous with lacquer and with life, the rooms above opening ahead of me as I rose toward the roof. Climbing as high as I could and working top down, up there in the attic lived American artist James Tyrrell, or not exactly him but rather one of his wedge work installations. As his ambassador, the artist had dispatched light to fill a room buried in the building. Inside light hummed blue and white, and when your eyes adjusted the limits of the room dissolved, the floor itself vanishing some steps ahead. I would stand there, hesitant at that edge, both thrilled and terrified. I would soon step down to another room, one that I recall was once a kind of Christmas green, long and lined with paintings. Here, on surer footing, the floor turned up on sides of walls like a wooden tray, designed to carry me to each canvas. Yates and Gelert, others too, remained in place, always pleased to see me, patiently waiting in line to nod and say hello. It was almost like I was a dignitary, visiting for the first time, each time. Then, I would have to catch my bus, but before I stomped down that metal ramp that bridged gallery and Street, I moved right and into a tall white room with sky-high windows. That room often hosted sunshine, the dusty, hospitable light gathering wall and cloth and flesh and plinth and floor, in a distinct but unifying embrace. That plastered room was full of plaster casts, of human heads and bodies, and depending on the light, it appeared that either the body forms themselves had stepped out of the walls, or that the enclosed plaster room was made from and of these very plaster people. At first the cast had been created just to be seen, to act as guides for students to understand and draw the form of the body, long before photographic or digital reproductions existed. Part of the Canova cast collection, they had been in Cork since 1818, and their arrival triggered the founding of the Cork Art School and the infamous Saloon of Sculpture. Later, arriving to the station, I would drop my heavy bag and lean against a gold mosaic column, which twisted up towards the concrete roof. I recall those plaster casts I had left behind in the dark. Far from inert or static things, those casts helped start an artistic revolution in my city, laying the foundations for the school and gallery that are still active today. Art marks time. It is always of its time, but it also transcends it. Those plaster casts actually travelled across sea and centuries to keep company first with a city and then with a child. And, like the attic blue light room of James Turrell, art usefully holds time, in that case with light, making a horizon line so clear and present there remain no choice but to move bravely forward toward a future. You see, on these pandemic days, with galleries closed, perhaps we miss the warm hand that just one painting or drawing extends to us to travel with it back and forth through time. These days we are so exhaustingly aware of where we are, what distance we are, how far we can't be, that I long for a moment in a gallery again when I have no idea when I am. I guess I know that when the doors open art will afford me a chance to be that boy again, having the Crawford to myself, my home in the city, a place in the safe company of art, to grow accustomed to the boy I was and prepare for the man that I might become. The Crawford Gallery is a building that taught me that galleries and the works they contain have never really been in the business of diffusing knowledge as once intended, but rather in the more profound business of diffusing and dissolving time. The galleries are closed again, but the buildings are waiting. It is perhaps what buildings do all day.